You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host. Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. We're over 300 episodes now. Toddly. Nice work, buddy. How many does that make me? I I think I've probably done what? 30? 20? Yeah, you've done maybe 10%. There you go. Happy to be here. Maybe. All right. Who we got this week? Uh, Mark, later. We have uh, Stavros, Halkius, I think is how you say it. Is it and Stravos? Stavos, yeah. Yeah, is that what I know? Didn't Stravos. I, say that? I think there's an R in there. Stravos. Stavros. He's a funny hey. dude. Yeah, good guy. And then, uh, and then the Echo 3 guy, Mark Bowl. Mark Bowl. Two Marks and a Stravos. Stavos. Yeah, Two good, uh, interesting week, man. Interesting week. What did you think? Who Who is your fave? Let's start with our fave. I, I'm going to go with Mark Leta. Yeah, me too. I mean, that was the most shocking in yeah. in a lot of ways. Totally, You know, man. just to be reminded of, uh, I you know, I haven't seen a lot of his videos. Uh, I did see some clips on YouTube, yeah. and yeah. I think I have heard of him before because I'd heard that story about that inbred family. I just never watched it. Right, I had ne- I had never it, heard of any of it before, but I checked out his website, and obviously, I mean, depressing as shit, but obviously a very interesting and cool project. You know, like good for him, good on him for like, you know, having that empathy and caring about those people who basically everyone else is kind of shunned and don't give a fuck about, right? Yeah. I mean, it's an important message because it's easy to ignore that those things exist. You know, and I don't even, like he said, he's not even necessarily trying to find the solution, Yeah, or, but but he just wants people to be aware of what happens, you know? And yeah. he seems like a super nice guy. I mean, super passionate. I mean, to go make all that money and then dedicate yourself to kind of that sort of content creation is, uh, you know, there's lots of ways to build content, right? I mean, and yeah. sometimes you look on Instagram and things and people are just showing pictures of their butt or flexing <laughs> on vacation. And you're just like, okay, well, that's nice. But what is that doing, you know? And then you see someone like him that's, like, really putting himself out there, talking to dangerous people that he doesn't need to talk to. Um, right. And, you know, doesn't necessarily need to be around and potentially putting himself in kind of danger to get this message out there. What I yeah, didn't get is why are YouTube demonetizing him? Like, what a stupid thing. Like, what's their justification for that? Just saying... Well, there was a prostitute in this video, so we're just going to demonetize it. Like, isn't this doesn't this count as education? Uh, I think. Look, it 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 just has to do with 
that talks about prostitution. I mean, it's just like when you're talking about nipples. I mean, they talked about this with, I think it was on uh, Stavros, but, you know, for whatever reason, at least in North America, we have this weird thing about nipples. We have weird thing about talking about sex and sex workers, right? For whatever reason, it's yeah. like it's it's just not PC enough. We can we could say dick ass, cock. I mean, so many other things that I think are worse than talking about a sex worker. But for whatever reason, dude, it's just one of those things that's too taboo. Right, so they don't. I guess they can't monetize it because ad- advertisers get pissed. I, I don't really know, but that must be it. They yeah, I guess they have some idea why. But I mean, you know, look at the example he gave of you know playing some rap music, and I've got nothing against any rap music. I think they should yeah. play that and get paid, and then they should also monetize his videos. But it's like, how are we selecting this stuff? I don't know. Yeah, it it's just like doesn't. Yeah, can can they still play Kanye music even though he's a total racist? I mean, yeah, I would rather see that go off of YouTube other than talking about sex work. Well, I kind of feel like what's going to happen and like YouTube don't need to worry about it now cuz they're really like that major video streaming service that no one even touches it. Like Vimeo exists, but it's like nobody's on there compared to YouTube. Right. So they have no competition and they can they can be this way, but I feel like they're losing well, eventually, will lose some of the best type of content. I mean, if you think about it, they lost Rogan because of this. Yeah, and that's of a censorship. lot of for them. Of not cen- like yet. Yeah, well, they're not worried about his percentage of downloads. I guess to them, it's not not that big. You know, they've got people like Mr. Beast that gets hundreds of millions of views. You know, so it's. But eventually, someone's going to come along with a similar service that doesn't have those restrictions, and they're going to start really struggling to keep people, I think, just because of this demonetization. It is strange. It's like, what are the rules, and who's making those rules, right? Like, I, I get the hate crime thing. You don't want to talk about... You don't, you don't want racist people on there doing hate crime stuff, right? Like, I get why they take that kind of stuff off of Twitter, and they should take it off of YouTube, but... Talking and sex workers talking, like just make an explicit thing on there, like no 18 or under or something, like put a code on there. I, there's got to be a way that you could still watch it, I would think, without offending you, people. Yeah. Right? Like to me, it seems like you, you have to th- put some, think so. some sort of wall up so that you can still watch it, but it takes like an extra code or somehow they could do like a parental advisory. I, I don't know how they do it, but it seems well, I, really I think stupid. they have that already. He said that his videos, you have to click on it. It's like, no one 18 and under. And that was another point he brought up. He goes, sometimes I'm interviewing somebody that got into this problem when they were younger than 18. Right. So this could actually be educational for them to like keep them away from it. You know, if they got yeah. to see it and were like, oh, yeah, shit, I'm 12 and I just saw how badly life can get messed up. You know, I don't know. I I guess also that's like maybe if a parent sees that and thinks it's an important message, they're probably the ones that have to choose for the child to watch it. Yeah. Maybe there are reasons why you can't have a bunch of 10-year-olds watching this stuff, but it, I thought, it just seems like a problem that needs to get fixed. Yeah, well, he's got a paywall up on his website now, and he's probably banking from it, so good for him. And I think his website looked great. Um, I, I, I like the fact that 
he did what he did, but he's ready to move on to other things. I, I'm interested to see what he moves on to. He talked about that a little bit towards the end about, mm. you know, moving on to different, more important stuff. Not, not that what he's is talking about isn't important, but he's like, dude, I just don't want to talk to druggies anymore. Basically. He doesn't want to talk to addicts anymore. Um, well, maybe, maybe he feels like the conversation's done in yeah. the sense of, you know, he probably had an idea of what message he wanted to bring forward, right? So he's a, he's a content creator, and he's very passionate about the type of work that he does. So, you know, he doesn't want to do all the same kind of videos. He wants to do different types of conversation. And probably in each category of things that he goes over and discusses, he's trying to get a certain message across. And it's like, how many times does he need to hear a really fucked up story from a junkie? You know, it's like, it's kind of done and dusted. So he can yeah. move on to things. And also the added bonuses, it sounded like he was getting pretty depressed from it, which I don't blame him. Like, that probably takes a toll on you, man, don't did you think? He, did he say he was getting depressed? I thought he was saying he doesn't get depressed. I, and somehow he's just always, he always is, a po- he's such a positive person. He was saying he doesn't get nightmares from it, which... God, that seems, I mean, I'm a pretty damn positive person as well, but I would think I would get nightmares from talking to people like that. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a certain type of person, right? Like you're, you're going to be a therapist. Like, I feel like you have that in you where you can separate work from play. I don't think I can do that. I've always been connected to my job so much that like, it's, it's almost like my job is a part of me so much that I can't really leave it at work, right? It's like it just comes with me because it's just, you know, I make a magazine about skiing and snowboarding. I'm always thinking about it. I'm always talking to writers and photographers. It's like it's it's never out of my mind, really. Unless my yeah, wife tells me to be about quiet. It, but, well, I mean, in a sense, you're talking about kind of like compartmentalizing. Right. right? And some people right. are better at that than others. But everyone, I mean, our brain doesn't see work and home life as different things. It just seizes as events that happen during your day. So in a in a way, everything flows with you. Everything's right. gonna affect you. I mean, maybe maybe you have a way of like really being present when you get home. You know, let's say you're a cop and you just saw a bunch of awful shit and then you get home to your family and now you're playing with your kid and you're not letting it kind of overwhelm you. Yeah. But it was it's still there. That just takes a lot of practice, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Or just, yeah, pretending that... It it just seems to me like there is no way that he doesn't take some of that home with him. There's just no way. It's the same if you're a therapist and you're talking to suicidal kids all day. You have to, as much as you can compartmentalize that stuff, I would think you're going to fucking bring that home with you no matter what. There's no... Some of those talks you're having are too intense. You could... How could you not? Yeah, he said something about it, though. He's like, look, I'm disciplined. So in the morning, I work out, and I get up early, and then I do this, and I do that. Right. And, you know, he gets good sleep. But he was saying that there's there's still a part of his... He can kind of feel it in his energy. Yeah. You know, the next day, there, there's like a, a heavier weight. If totally. it's been, you know, a really emotional week of making these videos, and... And, and yeah, there's there's just no way. I mean, if he starts interviewing people like the dude that jumped out of the plane 
and fell a long time and then hit the ground. I mean, that's super traumatic and it sucks, but I don't think it weighs as heavy with you because one, it was this guy's choice, yeah, you know, to do this. And skydiving generally is fairly safe, believe it or not. I mean, it just wasn't for this person, so it's really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it's it's not the result of somebody fucking their life up, you know, totally. or a ton totally. of trauma. It's just like uh, an adrenaline junkie that it went wrong, fell to the ground. Yeah. And what did it say? He smashed his, smashed his nuts, bit, it's bit his su- tongue off surprising that he still wants to skydive after that after that and he still would do that it's fucking crazy um yeah that's yeah, so I, wild joe I, is not into skydiving at all i don't blame him i've never tried it have you yeah i would great. like to i would do it i would totally do it i've done i've bungee jumped before that was fun as hell i actually heard the bungee jumping is scarier like it's because you can kind of see the ground it's like a different experience i mean obviously you can see the ground in a plane but it's a really long way away so your kind of right. concept of it is different if that makes yeah. sense yeah no it does make sense you're not you're you're seeing the ground but it's so far in so far down there that it doesn't seem possible to hit it until you're close well what i remember thinking when i was falling we did it in las vegas so it was over the desert and as I was falling, I remember thinking, because you're seeing, you know, the whole ground all around you, but it's a long way away. So even though you're falling quickly, it doesn't change very quickly. Right. Like the ground doesn't look like it's coming at you super fast. <laughs> so what's interesting, it really doesn't. I mean, you're 10,000 feet up, so it's yeah. like takes a while before. How long the, does it take? The like perspective changes. Three minutes, five minutes. What is it? I really can't remember. It seemed like quite a while. I mean, it takes, you know, definitely a couple of minutes, maybe right. only a minute. I don't know, but it's, it's I gotta like check an that intense now. Now experience. I'm, I'm curious how long does it take? And you, but, you started But what 10, it reminded 000? me of, yeah, 10,000, is when you're looking at Google Maps and you put it on the satellite image so it, like, actually shows the ground instead of just the road. Yeah. And it was like that with a fan in your face. <laughs> I mean, wow. really? It says five to seven minutes from jump to landing. That's a long fucking time to be dropping out of the sky, dude. Yeah, but remember, a lot of that is when the shoot's already gone because things really slowing down then. Right. You right, know, right. right. It's, yeah, so. it's got to be like half of the experience is that, I'd imagine. Okay, so let's say three, two to three minutes, you're actually free falling. Then, you're, then you hit your shoot. Crazy. It's a long way, dude. A long time. That's cool. Really, it's it's a wild experience, you know. Not for everybody, though. Um, it certainly didn't help my fear of heights. Still had that, but. Well, I gotta throw wild. out. I gotta throw out the the budget. I just I have a few notes here. The that budget for homelessness in California. How crazy was that? Seven point two billion dollars. What? Just to bring Unreal. it back. Bring it back to the convo here. As much as I want to skydive. That's crazy, right? Seven point two billion. What? The, so they're just spending that, according to Joe, they're just spending that on on people's uh, salaries to basically do nothing. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Well, and probably the services that they provide. 
But. It's just what a problem. I, I, you know, you don't see it here in Montana because it's so fucking cold. I mean, it's twenty negative twenty outside right now. There is no. If there's any homeless guys in town right now, I hope they have shelter because, whoo, they are gonna freeze to death. But um, you would think seven billion dollars would be enough to solve it. My God, I would hope so, or at least give them housing. You know, the thing is, is like this. It it really. What I noticed from this conversation, and it makes sense, is that none of these people have any self-worth, right? So they just, they've just they given up on themselves. And as soon as you give up on yourself, how do you help those people? It's so hard to help someone who has given up. I mean, it's almost like they've committed suicide in a way already, even though right. they're still alive, right? It's like, how do you fix that? I I don't know. I'm, I'm not a, a therapist or a counselor, but... It just seems like until they can have self-worth, how do you fix it? You can give them food and you can give them shelter all day long, but how do they go from point A to point B? It, it's almost like he, you know, when he, he mentioned, this made a lot of sense to me, he mentioned a lot of the people that get out of it are people that used to be successful but then had like a Coke problem or got into heroin or whatever and like started fucking off and having a drug problem they actually snap out of it and go back to reality because they've seen it before. They know that it's in them, right? And that, like, To me, that makes sense. Maybe they didn't have such a traumatic experience as a, at, at a young age. They, maybe they weren't sexually abused. They just fucking started blowing too many lines of coke and, right. <laughs> and like realized it was a, an issue. And, okay, like I can get out of this. I've been successful before. I have family i have friends that sort of thing they have a support group maybe they just lost it because they got too into drugs that that to me makes sense but some of these other people who were abused by their father or mother or you know were sexually abused as a young child I, how do you fix that i just don't know it's just sad it's yeah it's so heartbreaking and it's almost like one of those things that you can throw all the money at that kind of a problem but really what about preventative measures? Right. You know, it's like, what do you do with somebody that's already gone off the deep end? That's what right? I mean. You've got to assume something in their life was already too difficult for them to right. handle. Right. Well, now that they've worked themselves into chaos, basically, you're homeless. And yeah, you have living, living on the streets with nothing. And your family, your friends, probably nobody trusts you because... You know, you may have stolen from them or, you know, you've broken, you know, you burned a lot of bridges to get there, no doubt. Because if you still had a, a lot of good friends left and family that supported you, they'd be helping you out of that situation. So you have nothing and then somehow you're expected to pick up the pieces. Yeah. I, it's, it's like you... I, I don't know. I don't know You the could answer. take a very motivated, hardworking, disciplined individual and throw them in that situation, and it would be tough for them to fix that oh, problem. dude. Come on. Haven't you seen Trading Places? Dan Aykroyd can't... Valentine can't do shit out in the streets, man. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Just Murphy's movie, living large. Also, <laughs> that's, a, that's a classic Christmas movie, actually. It, it is. is Christmas It is time. a classic Christmas movie. I, d- I don't mean to laugh. I was trying to bring some light to the subject. I, f- I feel like when I talk about... This sort of stuff, I feel like humor helps me like forget about it, which is I don't think a great thing. But it's just so it's just heart, like you said, it's so heartbreaking, it, especially now. 
during the holidays when I'm thinking about family a ton and like connecting with old friends and calling people up and having the support groups that we have so much of. I mean, I just feel like you and I especially have so many good friends that we can reach out to. And I, it just breaks my heart to think about these people that typically never get thought about. Right. That's, that's the thing. Nobody, nobody thinks about them. They'd rather just wash it under the rug or sweep it under the rug, whatever, throw it down the fucking drain. And yeah, I don't know the solution, well, but seven point two billion dollars spent. You would think there would be some sort of, I mean, I, I didn't look into it, but there's got to be some support groups. There's got to be some counseling. There's got to be shelters and food. But there's just it's just such a problem in California because the weather's so nice. Everybody just gets mi- just migrates towards good weather if they're homeless, right? I mean, what else are you gonna do? You're not gonna fucking hang out in Montana. No. I mean, I, I do recommend going somewhere that's warm all year round. I mean, I'd be in the Bahamas if I was homeless, bro. Uh, you'd have to get. But how would you even get a flight? I don't know. I literally, as I was saying that, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get there? I don't know. But you know, what well, I'm you can saying. take a train over to California. You know, they got showers on the beaches. I mean, I get why yeah. people are there too. But here's the thing. It's like there was kind of a harmony there. Like I lived there for four years, from 2016 to. 2020 covid came and you saw like an explosion in the homeless people yeah and they were just everywhere santa monica never really had a huge problem with it i mean there was a lot of people in venice on the boardwalk but they Mm -hmm. kind of like kept to their area and it's i wouldn't have described the boardwalk as like a really unsafe place like everyone kind of worked together in that sense down there i mean it wasn't like people were just being attacked all the time but as soon as COVID started and a lot of people, a lot more people either became homeless or went there for some reason, then things were just getting really out of hand. Houses were getting broken into, a lot more things were getting stolen, mm-hmm. and it was getting very uncomfortable for the people there. And I know plenty of people that moved away primarily for that reason. Wow. I mean, you know, it was a big part of my decision. I knew that it was getting kind of unsafe because of it and i knew they wouldn't have a solution for it it was gonna get a lot worse before it got better yeah it makes sense (laughs) brutal i also i mean just to end this on hopefully more of a high note um this kind of stuff definitely needs to be taught i liked when he talked about gabor mate or uh gabor that's how you say his name gabber gabber yeah i think so gabber gabber mate um you know, teaching that sort of stuff in school. I, I love how when Mark pointed out, <laughs> when he's talking about, you know, these kids don't need to learn statistics and math really anymore. They've got a phone in their hands at all times of the day. Like, let's talk about taxes and, you know, empathy and things that actually matter, you know, having a support group, yeah. talking about communication, feelings, communicating, you know, not being... uh you know, stop spreading this hate. And, you know, I got to read this. I got to read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I have not read it. I've heard about this book so many times, thanks to Rogan. But he bring, he brings that book up and then the the Immortality Key, like every other podcast. So I need to yeah. read both of those books, obviously. But uh, when he talked about Marcus Aurelius, you know, being this stoic leader that really wrote an entire book about forgiveness and then... You know, his son was a total piece of shit. That that was kind of a funny thing, talking about 
what they say? Show me a son of a great man who is also a great man. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you got to wonder. You do. You I mean, gotta I, wonder. you got to wonder what Elon's kids are going to be like. You know, they have that much money. And or... Maybe, maybe that is maybe the key there. After, because um, Joe was talking about it a little bit. It was like, well, if you if you're the son of Elon Musk, how you can't outcompete that guy, right? So now you're the son of a great man or a man that's achieved like a hell of a lot, which is undeniable so with Eli. He's achieved a lot. So, so how do you find your place in the world, right? Even with all the advantages of Elon. And maybe that's something that certain men need to think about. Mm. If they have high, high levels of success, and then you have kids, especially sons, you, shouldn't, you should try hard to not put pressure on them to like out-achieve you. Right? I think the pr- because I maybe think the you created such there. an incredible, you know, like it's just a hill that's impossible to climb. They're never going to get there. You set the standard too no. high. No, like, no way, no way. I mean, it makes sense that yeah, Marcus Aurelius as a kid was a piece of shit. I mean, because that dude was such a great man. I mean, according to history, anyways, in the books that he's written, he seemed like one of the best leaders out there uh, of his time. You know. Um, Let's finish yeah. up with the that family. I want to talk about that because it was so disturbing. Oh, and super to think disturbing. that there are families out there like that. Dude. I mean, uh, what? Gross! So gross. Poor so gross. fuckers, though. Wow. Yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, what do you? The the it seemed like the problem mainly was that there were identical twins that had kids. So you're you're really well but that one i didn't really understand it was like it, they couldn't be identical twins right they were just twins well you can't have a boy and a girl identical twin no i think well i don't know actually so yeah fraternal i guess fraternal twins yeah maybe you, you can't have an identical boy and girl you're right i don't think anyway that'd be weird but is that what it was because they were saying it's the same dna uh, Jerry well, companion put up the flowchart thing. So I mean, it came from the same. Quick. It came from the same egg, right? So it it is the same DNA, even if one's a girl and a guy. It's just a little bit chromosomes no, are f- different, but no, f- fraternal twins are two different eggs. Oh, is it okay? See, I don't know. Yeah, what an identical about. twin is when an <clears throat> egg splits. Okay, so it's not the same egg, but the, but then they had babies, right? Yeah. So they're yeah. still brother and sister. I mean, it's still bad. So did how did the babies turn out? He interviewed them, well, right? Yeah, I mean, but then a bunch of them down the road, like first cousins, I think they called it like double cousins. They were having kids. There, yeah. was, there was just a lot of really fucked up inbreeding going on. <sighs> so, yeah, no good. I'm trying to find the thing. I know I know Jerry Companion had it, but I can't see it now. They end up looking like bulldogs. Was, yeah, well, it was the map, right? It was like some sort of like family tree that yeah. showed how they were all connected and related. Yeah, I didn't. Might have t- oh, I, here it is. I have it. Okay, you found um, it. I didn't look at the family tree. So cousins, brothers. Yeah, I mean, it's a mess. Double first cousins all share four grandparents. I mean, it's just kind of amazing in a way. And I mean, we've all heard that inbreeding is bad for you and you're going to have 
messed up offspring eventually. But how quickly that could happen. I mean, my God, if the human race got down to just a few, it, it kind of brings up the story of like Adam and Eve. It's like, well, clearly that didn't work. Did we all come from people that were just barking at each other for a few generations? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't thought about that uh, a ton. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know either. Let's jump over to uh, Stavros and let's get cracking with him. And then Stavros. Okay. Dude, that guy is funny as hell. His stand-up is great, too. I've been watching quite a bit of it since I watched um, his his show. And even his podcasting stuff is good. He's just a f- like a funny, very silly guy. He must, he must feel pretty privileged to have that as a job. It fits him well. <clears throat> yeah, he's funny, man. And he... Um... Yeah, he wears it well. He wear he wears the fat kid suit well. He he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right? I mean, he straight up was like, I like yeah, being guaranteed. fat. I like being the funny fat guy who doesn't care. I just wanna. He just wants a hot muscle woman to take him home at night. That's yeah. He's definitely using <laughs> his newfound celebrity to get him laid. I'm sure he's uh, loving that much. Yeah, he was he was great, man. I mean. <clears throat> I uh yeah I had to put this one on headphones. I usually listen to Rogan when my son is around and this one had to definitely go on headphones. Uh you know, just the stuff they were talking about. They they got into the 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 porno scenario for like the first half hour of the show <laughs> talking about different <laughs> different different porn and stepmom porn and you know, different ways to uh or or different scenarios of you know, muscle chick porn and how that should be a new uh, <clears throat> genre of porn, which isn't really out there it's, quite yet. I think it's its own category. I'm sure you can find it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, to. the step the stepmom porn, I, I get that. But I yeah, the muscle porn, I just, I'm not into chicks who can beat my ass. But, you know, he definitely is. I love how he brought up well, that meme, that meme of the guy where, uh, guys who wear masks in their car and he's like, did you see that meme? And it's like this chick. Uh-huh. It's like this guy who jumped on the girl on the fence, and she's holding him up and kissing him. <laughs> so good, such a good meme, dude. It's one of the best memes I've seen in a while. It's so perfect. I love when I see if people wearing masks that, in their car. It's great. If you had showed that to a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic, they would not been happy to. Hey, you know, laughed at that one. I would have hey. laughed at that the whole time. Hey, I used to believe in Pfizer too. I got I got con there for a minute. You saw it. Yeah, that was a rough one. That what about the sur- like plastic surgery? Men oh. and women. They brought up the the guys that are injecting themselves oh, with all the oil. Dude, the oil. It's so weird. It's so weird. It reminds me. I had these. There were these uh, two. They actually used to babysit my little sister and. Uh, they had it was two twins actually. Speaking of twins again, um, I, I don't think there's any incest going on. But they got they had calf implants, and they were in like they were like 18 years old, and they were getting calf implants. And these are like two beautiful wom- women who were twins. Who's like, wow? Do you really like? What are your parents telling you? Right? Like who? I, I feel like that's a thing. Like you yourself, your self worth and your your vanity and your 
you know, your your vanity is so important to you, obviously, if you're going to do something like that. But, like, it's just so twisted to me. Like, I understand, you know, fake fake boobs, and I understand, you know, maybe a nose job here or there if you got a fucked up nose. Like, I get that. Like, do, do what you want. And whatever. Do, do, if you want to shoot yourself up with fucking oil, fine. But it's, it, I just don't get it. I, it just does that to me does not make sense when it comes to this vanity. But oh, what I was saying is these these two twins that used to babysit my little sister, they had calf implants. That to me, I do the calf implants. Just run on the treadmill, bro. Your calves will will become bigger. It's going to be okay. <laughs> well, yeah, or you just accept that that's not your like body shape. Except you that know? you have chicken because legs. Because there's just certain surgeries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I have skinny legs. I don't care. I think I most think dudes most dudes do have skinny legs. Whatever. You see a fat guy and they still have skinny legs. I mean, look, it, the problem with that type of thinking is, look, a few adjustments can be fine. You know, if people want to use Rogaine because they don't want to go bold right away, reasonable. Yeah. If you want to, like you say, nose... Boobs they have down pretty good. It's just when you start to obsess, it's the obsessive nature of it that gets a little dangerous. But, you know, you can get yeah. people that are, like, some women are just so into makeup that they have to have, like, they can't even go out ever without, like, spending hours and hours putting makeup on and getting themselves ready. And right. I'd, I'd much rather people just feel good about who they are. There's nothing wrong with putting some effort in, you know, at certain times. But if it's if it's costing you a great deal of money and a great deal of time and making you very anxious, you probably should watch it a little bit. <clears throat> have you ever noticed uh, if you're driving through Salt Lake? Have you driven through Salt Lake bunch or Utah? Yeah, a I little was, bit. Yeah, a few times. I was just down there. My wife's family... Uh, her mom's side of the family, you know, they're all Jack Mormons. They grew up Mormon. They, they're drinkers, so they don't really practice but anymore. But if you go down there, it is, it's like the the freaking surgery, plastic surgery capital of of America. I feel like. I mean, it's just like every single uh, every other billboard is talking about plastic surgery, and I feel like it has a lot to do with. How you were raised, they, they you know Mormons are very into bo- body image and image, especially just like how they're perceived, how they look to others, whether it's real or fake. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just this is coming from an outside outsider's perspective, but it was fucked up to, for me to see when you're driving into the city into Salt Lake. I mean, I must have saw ten billboards about plastic surgery. I've never seen anything like it. Could it, it also just be that there's a lot more money there? Yeah, but it but it has something to do with the religion and the vanity and the the self worth and like look at this image, right? This image of looking good and being the perfect family. Like it almost reminded me of like like Hitler a little bit, like blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm not I'm not <laughs> equating that to Mormons, but you know what I'm saying. That's what it reminded me of. It's like oh, the perfect, you know, the perfect family, the perfect this. Like we have to look good to feel good and. Does that really make you feel good? I, I don't know. It's like if your self worth is is based upon your looks alone, uh, that's an issue, man. I mean, obviously, it feels good to work out. I, I understand that, but 
I think that's well, what I liked about a, Stavros so much is that he, he he was he's down with being fat, dude. He's like, I'm good, dude. I feel good in my own skin. I love that about this guy. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't seem to be bothered. I mean, but think about it, right? Like if you go to the gym a lot and you work out a ton and really hard. Now you may never like have an Adonis body. It depends what your genetics are like. You yeah. know? I mean if you're just like a thicker person, male or female, you might always just be stocky. But you're going right. to probably look the best that you can physically look if you put in a lot of work. That That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. And also your body internally will work good. You'll be happy. You'll feel motivated. You'll be proud of yourself. You'll be positive, optimistic. Like you, you have all this extra energy. Like you're healthy. So in a way, I think people... Uh, equate like being really attractive and beautiful in that sense to also being healthy they think they are they think they should look better but it's not just going to happen to you for free just because you get surgery that's not how it works it's just lazy it's laziness in my in my mind in my opinion but you know yeah it's also you got to be fucked up in the head if you're going to shoot yourself up with oils all day long to to become bigger i mean people do it with steroids all the time which i also don't understand right and there's plenty of people who Uh, do that you're being a hater because i'm getting on those bitches i'm not being a hater i'm just saying i don't understand it yeah well it's look at the end of the day it's better to just accept kind of who you are and how you look unless you are being super unhealthy on purpose i would still recommend this guy hits the gym a few times a week (laughs) Yeah, let's get St- Stavros needs to talk to his bro more and get to the gym more because he's still yeah. a pretty large individual. Um, but moving moving forward here with uh, the the Viking movie, which has also been talked about quite a bit. Apparently, we need to watch the new Viking movie. Have you seen it yet? The Viking movie. Oh yeah, I saw about. that. It was good. Was it, it was really good? The Northman. Uh, the Northman. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Super dark, dude. It was like real. Vikingy and dark for sure but yeah. here's the thing it it was like it was a good movie but it also could have been and not to shit on it because i really enjoyed it it could have been a straight to netflix style movie as well yeah you know i mean a little bit to me it just seemed like not a throwaway movie but like yeah we could watch this i mean i went to the theater for it and it didn't it i didn't leave wanting to tell everybody how great it was. I think Joe Joe liked it a lot more than I did. I thought it was pretty dope, though. All right, well, let's just move forward to <clears throat> Cocaine Bear, then. Is that going to the theaters? Because I definitely want to see Cocaine Bear. God, I hope so. That's <laughs> And I really do hope that it's as good as did, I want it to be as well. Did you watch I mean, the trailer? My God, would I love that. I, I watched yes, the trailer. It it's excellent. fucking oh, excellent, dude. Excellent. It looks so <laughs> stupid, but also brilliant. And we just what a great idea. Talking about movies, let's uh, jump over to uh, Mark Ball, the movie guy, Echo 3. Did you watch the trailer to that yet? Echo 3, no, I, re- I read up on it. it. It did not have good reviews, unfortunately. It had like a three and a half star review on Rotten Tomatoes and a few others. I read into really? it. Really? It- yeah, I, I, look, I didn't watch the trailer on the Echo Three. I, I do like Mark Bull, though. I like, I like, I like the 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 best. I guess 
thing that he said that I that resonated with me the most was you have to be responsible as somebody who's creating content. I thought that that was really important. Um, you know, I'll I'll give him a little shit for kind of I felt like he was hating on Joe a little bit here and there when he was when Joe was talking about drugs and talking about all the same stuff he always talks about, which you and I both yeah. love. <laughs> um, I don't feel like Mark really understands Joe's uh, thought process when it comes to wanting to understand where humans came from and that sort of thing, or his 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 love for psychedelics. But I don't think Mark has done psychedelics before, so it makes sense from 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 somebody's perspective who's never done those types of drugs. I get it. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how amazing they are. Um, but I will say I, I really appreciated his perspective as a journalist. You know, he's he's written for Playboy. He's written for uh, you know, a few other huge uh, <clears throat> magazines. Was it Esquire? A few others. Times. I can't remember. Rolling Stone was the other one. Rolling Stone and Playboy. Yep. You know, he's he comes from a journalistic background. He cares about the content he's putting out, and he wants to be truthful. So I I really appreciate yeah. that. No doubt. I mean, his his writing is good. You know, and he's yeah. told some very impressive stories. <clears throat> Zero Dark Thirty was a great, really interesting movie, very compelling. You know, it wasn't just like action and then that's it. That's why I've been very hopeful about this Echo movie. And what a, like, what a powerful idea, too. It's like they kidnap this woman who is also doing this like PTSD research. So, you know, she's going to help. So you've got the ultimate type of victim there. It's a female as well. So she's, yeah. you know, vulnerable and scared in that position. And now you've just unwoke, like woken the beast, which is her brother and her husband that obviously are already special forces. And, I mean, talk about fucking with the wrong family. Yeah, the the plot line looks good. I mean, I, I, I appreciated when Mark was saying... He basically is making this movie for himself and all the ideas that he has in his head and the things that he's curious about, right? He's curious yeah. about getting kidnapped for whatever reason. That's fucking weird, but got to love it. Well, it's fucked up. It's it's <laughs> an awful thing to happen, so it's it's like a fun kind of... You know, I assume writers like this need to get into the head of their characters and be like, if they're good at writing they want to really kind of know how this feels almost you know because then you can write from that point it's uh you know in in another way even the way he gets money for his projects is really cool because he goes to you know just a few people here and there yeah yeah it's all independent independent funding yeah which is good because then you don't have tons of producers breathing down your neck and i mean you even heard a little bit about it from this show is that they wouldn't let her be smoking a cigarette right but marijuana was okay you could smoke a joint so go figure i didn't really understand that that's because of the 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 people funding the film are are not into having that portrayed i mean that didn't make sense to me but they only talked about it for a second well he said it's on apple right so maybe it's like apple doesn't Mm. like that Gotcha. I can't remember who he said didn't like it, but it just seems like an unnecessary thing. It it's like, stay out of the way of the guy writing the story. Made me like, want to really, smoke a cigarette. I don't know about yeah. you. It makes me want to smoke a cigarette right now just for the fact that that's bullshit. 
<laughs> Could you, you imagine that? Like, no, us having producers that would like tell us, "Look, you uh. guys can talk about whatever you want." Except, I guess technically we could kind of have that because we can't shit on our sponsors. Yeah, like if we got a sponsor, but the, here's the problem: I would never run an ad for a company that I just didn't hated like. Anyway, I'd be like, no. I don't want to deal with them. No. I turn down ads all the time that I don't care for. No, I'm like, I'm not, I don't care about that. That's the beauty of being fucking awesome. <laughs> well, or just having some options, you know. I mean, Look, we're not a Marvel. We're not. We're not sponsored by Marvel, bro. Okay, this isn't sponsored yeah. by DC Comics or Marvel. That's it. We don't have to hide the fact that we're we're getting you know roided up for our next role and pretend that it's all natural. Just like you know what. <laughs> We're getting huge. Could you? Did you understand his ma- his masculinity take? Is he he was saying that masculinity is not portrayed as as something positive anymore, and he's trying to change that. It was was that his perspective? It, it was a little convoluted to me when he was talking about masculinity. It didn't seem super clear to me. I kind of get what he's saying because, um, you know, there is there is a bit of a dialogue now that basically is saying to like young men if, if that's not required right. you know you can live a happy and fulfilled life without stretching this like you don't need to do a martial art or go to the gym and be physically strong and x y and z but generally that's just turning like making a lot of young men into the type of people that they're not even that happy to be you know, they just don't feel very capable and then they are yeah. overly sensitive. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like the way it's being portrayed uh, either. I, I think, you know, I think it's good to be masculine. And again, this is my opinion, but masculine, but also empathetic and somebody who talks about their feelings. So it's it's this combination of, of, of female traits and, well... It, historically female traits. I think men are also very sensitive. We just historically have been taught to hide those feelings. I think the new masculine, which I would like to see and I think is happening, and you and I have seen this with our men's group that we go to every week, but is is being masculine and being a provider and being this this not macho but but just caring more caring individual, more empathetic, more feelings based. We don't it doesn't mean we have to cry on everybody's shoulder. It just means we'd be more understanding, but we, we're still like, you know, this, we're a nurture, it's a nurturing masculine, if that makes sense, in my mind. Yeah, I think that if you want a, a good relationship, a strong one, and raise a family and kids as the man, the whole family needs to feel like you can protect them. Right. And what does right. that word mean? It doesn't mean that you need to be able to fend off a bear or shoot 50 intruders but they need to feel safe around you they did right. they, they shouldn't feel like if something gets too intense or there's like a, a highly agitated situation that's unfolding in front of them that you won't be able to step up and either disarm it or keep keep the whole situation safe if you're yeah. just going to get scared because you've never tested yourself and well, start crying, then you're, yeah, that's not going to fucking work. I tell you what, it? if Cocaine Bear shows up at my front doorstep, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm running, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Look, there's plenty of situations that doesn't matter how prepared you are, you're gonna be you're gonna be a mess. All right, let's let's call it for this week. Uh, good, interesting week uh, to review, and um, and yeah, definitely the Mark later stuff. That it's it's traumatizing. It's a little scary. I want to check out some more of his videos and look into that guy. I think what he's doing is great, so I'm glad that he came on. And we'll see what that Echo 3 shit is like. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm not going to listen to Rotten Tomatoes. I'll give it a chance. Their reviews are kind of shitty these days, to be honest. Yeah. No, I hear that. It's, it's, yeah. I I never like to look at reviews as a, as a end all give all. So I agree. Right on, dude. Well, good to see you. Sometimes it's worth it. Good week. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for, uh, for next week, buddy. Looks like we've got, who we got? We got, uh, we got well, we got Steve Rinello already. Ren- yeah, Rinell. Yep. Nice. Yep. Love that. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate it. We won't be here next week. Probably not. Maybe we'll do one. It's Christmas. But either way, enjoy yourselves. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you in the new year. Yeah. Later. Right on. Later.